Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello, everybody. We are so excited to have an incredible panel. And what that means is we are also going to simulcase right now on Facebook to get as many people getting this important content, which is what we need. We need to spread the word because the word is not being spread by the people who should be spreading it. Uh, Journalists should be talking about animal agriculture's huge role in climate change, and they're not doing that. The reason they're not doing that is, well, you know, look at the TV commercials, right? Meat, dairy, pharmaceuticals. So uh, when that um, is basically dictating what the media is going to talk about, we're not going to be talking about what is important, namely that animal agriculture has a massive role in climate change because the advertisers, meat, dairy, pharmaceuticals would collapse if people stopped eating animals. So we are live with an incredible group of activists. And I want to start with Donnie Moss. You were in New York during the Global Student climate strike along with Adita Bernkrant. You were talking to students. What were your observations, Donnie? Well, you know, I asked them if they were aware of the impact of animal agriculture on climate change. And I was pleased to hear that many of the students were in fact aware of it and were trying to make changes in their own lives. I could see that they didn't understand the gravity of the situation. Like it was just one other thing for them. And so several of them said, I'm aware of it. You know, I'm going meat free one, one meal a week. Uh, and so uh, the, the, the level of um, urgency just wasn't there. And there was nothing on any of the posters really, or any of the speeches that would suggest that this is a major contributor to climate change. It was actually really disturbing. Adina Bernkrat, you are the executive director of New York Class, which is an amazing animal activist organization in New York. You're also a Jane Unchained contributor. You were there. Uh, What did you see? Uh, And what did you hear from the students who were participating in this global climate change strike? as it relates to animal agriculture, meat and dairy's role in climate change. Well, I was very disappointed to see, I didn't see any posters or messaging from any of the students or the adults attending that had anything to do in any remote way with animal agriculture or consumption of meat and dairy. In fact, the only posters and signs I saw with that messaging were the contingent of vegans and animal rights activists who purposely attended this to get that message out. And I think what the messages we saw were reflective of kind of the major animal environmental organizations messaging, um, focusing on everything else except the number one cause, which is meat and dairy in our consumption and animal agriculture and the connection. And it was especially disappointing because this climate march was started by Greta Thunberg, 
who is an outspoken vegan and convinced her family to go vegan and makes that a part of her messaging. And somehow, when this was taken up globally, that was not a part of the messaging. And I think that's a missing, critical missing link that needs to be in there. And I think a way we can help do that as animal activists and vegans is grassroots work of taking part in these marches and joining forces with environmentalists who haven't made the connections by us being there. You know, I went holding up signs that, that had vegan messaging. We were getting some cheers and um, responses from students saying, yeah, I'm vegetarian or yay, I'm vegan. It's just not a part of the messaging. I think there are um, people within the march and the movement that would take up that mantle. They just need leadership to take part, to make that happen. Speaking of leadership, we had leadership shown by Ellen Dent. Ellen, say a few words. Um, I couldn't agree with Adita more. Uh, they were completely missing the message in, in L.A. Sorry, my dog's right here. Um, but uh, they're completely missing the message in L.A. And they were focusing on transportation and plastic and, and everything else, which is totally uh, contributing to the environmental problem, but they're missing that big elephant in the room, which was animal agriculture. And so that's why I had to drag myself on stage with help from Paige. Thank you, Paige, for pushing me up there so that somebody said it. Somebody had to say it and say it clearly and make sure that everybody heard that we need to go vegan or our environment is toast. Yeah, and I want to bring in Paige Parsons-Roach, who is our Jane Unchained contributor and booker and an amazing activist. And by the way, we always have our little Rico, who is our, uh, my rescue from Puerto Rico, but who is our mascot, because, we, you know, Americans all say they love animals, but we're killing more animals than any culture in the history of humankind. We actually are dog and cat lovers, uh, not animal lovers. We're animal lovers, but the, the public at large. But Paige... You saw a situation, we were all distressed because we went there, we brought our vegan signs, but basically, aside from the, the handful of vegan activists who went to the protests in New York and L.A., and you're looking at them and a few others, um, there, was, there was no discussion on stage of animal agriculture's role in climate change. Expert after expert got on, and we're going to talk about Adida uh, actually going up to uh, a, an environmental candidate, but it's almost like uh, the, the, the truth that dare not speak its name. You can't say anything about the need to stop eating animals because animal agriculture causes more greenhouse gases than all transportation combined. That is the conservative estimate from the United Nations. It's online. Don't take our word for it. Just Google it. Livestock's long shadow. And then there are World Bank economists who say it's much worse than that, that it's the leading cause of climate change. And it's not in any dispute. It's the leading cause of habitat destruction, wildlife extinction, human world hunger, et cetera, et cetera. And they weren't talking about it. So... We, after trying to get this issue out and listening to speaker after speaker talk about transportation and light bulbs and plastic and straws, you took matters into your own hands. Tell us what you did, Paige. Well, Jane, we had made some signs that were very powerful that basically said, cut the bullshit and stop eating meat so that we don't have as much manure on the planet, right? And those signs, we did our best to get them out there. So a group of us, including Elizabeth Alfano and, and Ellen and a, and a group Gwen of others, Hunter. Gwen Hunter, 
We went up on stage and we thought, this is an opportunity to get these incredible signs out there. We need to make some noise. And we had marched and we had done our part and we had gone live, but then we put it up on stage along with a beautiful vegan well, flag. Well, you put it on stage. You were Sorry. behind the stage. Behind the stage. In other words, yes. Expert after experts getting up there, yakety yakety yak, talking about everything but, as you said, Ellen, the big elephant in the room. And then we decided to put our signs behind. Behind. Now, I will give PETA a shout out. They had a leafleter there yes. and they had a few go vegan signs. So PETA was there. Um, first of all, I'd like to know what all the animal rights organizations should be there. Every single one of them, when we hear about any climate change march, uh, this, if we achieve nothing else today, but say every single, Corey Mack was there from uh, Progress for Science. Want to give a shout out to Corey Mack. But I mean, every animal rights organization should be there because it's the chance to introduce environmentalists to the biggest environmental cause, uh, which is animal agriculture. So anyway, after putting our signs behind um, the stage so that people looking up to the stage could see them right behind the stage, then you went up to somebody and said, Ellen Dent of Animal Alliance Network, tell us what you did. Well, Ellen and I went up, and Ellen is... is um uh, evidently pregnant, not evidently, but obviously she's seven months. And I said, Ellen, we need to, we need to pitch you as the mom because you're concerned about your baby's future. And we went up and it was teenagers basically were, that were very open. And they said, okay, I don't think they knew what she was going to say. And actually when she was up on, on stage, the response was amazing. Uh, people were, were cheering. And before that, I want to shout out to, to, to Corey Mack because Corey Mack walked over with Genesis Butler, who's yes. the, one of the youngest, most powerful animal activists that has a TED Talk specifically speaking about um, her going vegan. Plus, she reached out with Million Dollar Vegans and as a partnership, uh, reached out to and went to Rome and presented the Pope um, a message for asking for him to go uh, vegan for Lent and giving a million dollars to a charity of his choice. If he went vegan for if Lent. He did. So, so she you, spoke. You pitched Ellen. Spoke. Ellen yes. Let, okay, you pitched Ellen Dent. Ellen Dent finally got on the stage at 2.30. Remember, this started around 10.30 in the morning. Okay, no, 11, 11.30. Um, by 2.30, except for Genesis getting up and saying, I asked the Pope to go vegan, nobody had mentioned the word vegan on stage or mentioned animal agriculture's role in climate change. Speaker after speaker after speaker ignoring the topic. Ellen Dent finally got a chance at 2.30 in, I will say, by the way, kudos to you, Ellen, because it was brutally hot. You are very <laughs> pregnant, and it was stressful for you, so I know you... You know, you were courageous. What exactly did you say? I was there, but I want to hear it from you. Um, yeah, it was hot, uh, and I am pregnant, and, uh, you know, but we need to get up and speak whenever we can. So this was an opportunity to speak and let everybody know what is the main contributor to the downfall of our environment. And what did you say? I love what you said. You said something to the effect of, you can't be an environmentalist yeah. and eat meat. Tell us, what did you say? Um, I said you can't be an environmentalist and not be vegan. You have to be vegan in order to be an environmentalist or else you are not keeping the environment in mind because, as you said, it is leading. It is a leading cause of greenhouse gases. So we're, we're talking over 45% of greenhouse gases. So 
just like you said, it's uh, more than the whole transportation industry and in, combined. So, you know, somebody had to get up there and say it and uh, people needed to hear it. And, you know, the response was really good from the audience. I think they got it. Uh, you know, the people that were left there, I think we still had like a good hundred people left at least. And uh, they heard it, and hopefully they'll take that message and run with it. But Donnie, I want to ask Donnie Moss a question. Why? Why this reluctance to discuss this critical issue? Is it simply because people don't want to look in the mirror, and they'd rather point the finger and say, you across the globe, you're responsible, instead of saying, oh, my God, I could do something every day to stop climate change. Simply stop eating animals. Okay, I'm going to unmute you. Go ahead. I think we learned in the excellent documentary film, Cowspiracy, that the organizations that should be leading us to transition to a plant-based diet are themselves not doing that. And that's because their donor base doesn't want to hear that message. And because they're supported by in some cases, meat producers. So if, if the leadership of this movement can't promote the right thing, then how can we expect the mainstream public to do the right thing? And it, it occurred to me at the student uh, climate march on Friday, I, you know, a part of me wanted to hold up a mirror to these students and say, you are blaming uh, the adults and the leaders for destroying the, your future. But at the same time, you're, you yourselves are engaging in activities right now Right now, literally, there were ice cream trucks, Adita pointed out to me. Uh, you're engaging in activities that are destroying the environment. So they have to have some responsibility, accountability themselves. The question is, how much do they know? And how much can we expect them to know if the leaders of the environmental movement aren't telling them? Now, Adita, you actually went up to an environmental leader, and we have this on tape, tried to ask him about it. And, mm -hmm. you know, what I heard would have given... <laughs> any Congress, I mean, it was just such yakety, 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 yak. Tell me what, what happened there. So as the march was starting, um, we noticed um, someone who Donnie pointed out must be a politician based on a pin he was wearing. I didn't recognize him. All the cameras were on him. He was being interviewed. So we found out who he was. His name is Jay Inslee. He's actually the governor of Washington, and his entire presidential platform is focused on stopping climate change. So we thought, what a perfect person to get on record asking, you know, what is your position on this? What do you think about um, promoting policies for less meat eating? And he just, I can see as soon as I asked him the question, he sort of wouldn't look me in the eye, and he looked down, and he gave me the typical sort of... Um, political talk, just not really answering the question, and I wasn't really getting anywhere, so I outright asked him as he was trying to walk away, will you promote eating less meat? And he just said, well, I will promote making the connection. He only wanted to talk about how we need to make the connection, but the connection has already been made. <laughs> That's a fact. You know, people, they need leaders to give the solution, which is very simple, which is switching to a plant-based diet. doesn't have to be overnight, but it has to be reducing your amount of animal products that you're eating with the goal of eliminating them. And it's never been easier to do that at any point in history with the, the availability of plant-based products that are out there and the information that's out there. So it was disappointing to see, um, I don't know any other presidential candidate that has as their specific platform um, stopping climate change, who 
himself is not willing to even address the real elephant in the room. So that was very telling. And by the way, is the elephant in the room speciesist or not? I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah, like on the yeah, face. The elephant I will I will say this. Um, and you know, as a nonprofit, we don't talk politics, we don't get engaged in politics, but as a factual matter, I could say that Cory Booker, who's one of the presidential candidates, is a vegan and he discusses it. Yes, he, he does. doesn't doesn't hide from it or run in the other direction when it's raised. Yes. So um, it, I, here's my take. I talk to a lot of people. I, I think that there's been some progress. And the progress that's been made is that people aren't saying, what are you talking about anymore? I mean, seven years ago, there was a big climate, something like that, a big climate change march in New York. I was in New York. And they literally had meat trucks everywhere. And people were just downing hot dogs and burgers and they are zero understanding of the connection between what they were eating and, and climate change. All right. And now I would say these students are aware. Um, they are aware that there is a connection. Um, some of them said they are mostly vegetarian that I talked to. Some of them said they're trying to go vegan. Um, there were a couple, I talked to maybe four that were vegan and uh, some of them hadn't been being in that long, some of them for a couple of years. There was a mom there with her daughter who said that her daughter was vegetarian and that she was trying to prevent her daughter from going vegan, you know, misguided. Like, look at all of us. Here we are. Here yeah. we are. <laughs> I have a, a great niece who's been vegan. She's now 22. She's in college. She's a hula hooper. She's got the energy off the charts. There, you know... My 18-year-old tomorrow is the one that turned me vegan at 13. Wow. She She's the one that went vegan first for the animals, and I watched Cuspiracy. And being an environmentalist, I saw that movie, and I thought, I can't keep going the way I'm going if I kind of have any integrity. So what I guess what I'm saying is there was incremental change as opposed to what are you talking about? You know, what does that have to do with it? Uh, everybody I spoke to said they were either trying to reduce their meat consumption, they were aware of it, they were going in that direction. You know, is there is there reason for hope in that? And and I want to address that to Ellen Dead because again, you know, of all the people here, you're you're about to give birth, so you're you have a real investment in the future. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really scared uh, about the future. If people don't get it, if they don't wake up, um, I feel like, you know, government officials and entrepreneurs aren't getting the bottom line here. If we destroy the environment, there's not going to be anything to make money from or to roll over. So, you know, I, it just, it baffles me that we aren't getting it, that if we, if we destroy everything, there's going to be nothing to gain. So my child may grow up in a, in a world that is, you know, completely different from what we're used to. And she may not see wildlife vertebrates. And that, that's scary to me. That's sad to me because I've, I've enjoyed nature so much growing up. I used to hang from the trees, total tomboy, you know, I had a great time. And I would like her to be able to do the same, at least take a nice nature walk and, and see everything that's out there. But if we destroy everything, then she will not have that opportunity. So that's why I'm here and I'm going to keep pressing and pressing and pressing for her future and for the future of everybody else, everything else on this planet. And, and again, kudos to Paige for pushing Ellen up. Kudos to Ellen yeah. for finally <laughs> taking the stage 
and saying what should have been said at the very start of the march, uh, we are talking about the global student strike and march for climate change that occurred around the world this past Friday, March 15th, inspired by Greta Thunberg, a teenager in Sweden who has just been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Greta herself is a vegan. Greta herself, being a brilliant young woman, is very aware of the connection between animal agriculture and climate change. But it's getting the other students that she's inspired to strike in March that we are talking about. How do we get the word to them? We're going to take a brief break on Voice America Influencers. And as I go to break, I always want to give a shout out to A-Rod, our great uh, man in the control room, and also Tacey Trump, who is our executive producer and Voice America Influencers for giving us the opportunity to talk about these important issues that are so often suppressed on mainstream media. We're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio back in a second, but we're going to remain live on Facebook. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you believe that being fit is difficult? Do you think it requires turning in your favorite comfort foods for boring chicken and broccoli and spending hours in a gym? It doesn't. Tune into Have It All with Devin Alexander. Devin and her guest experts will show you how you can have it all at any age, from relationships to money to thinking bigger than you've ever imagined. Devin will fast-track your goals to yummy reality. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. We are on Voice America Radio Influencers with the amazing Donnie Moss of TheirTurn.net, an activist journalist, filmmaker, Adita Berncrant of New York class, an incredible animal 
organization that's done so much for the carriage horses in New York and other animals. And she's also a Jane Unchained contributor. We have Paige Parsons Roach here, who is a Jane Unchained contributor and booker. And Ellen Dent, who is the president of Animal Alliance Network, um, which holds weekly vigils at the slaughterhouse, the pig slaughterhouse in downtown Los Angeles and works alongside the Save Movement in Los Angeles, Animal Save. Um, we've got a caller, Renee from Los Angeles. Your question or thought, Renee. Hi, this is Renee. Hi, Jane. Hi, Hi guys. Faith. What's your question or thought? My thought was this. I had just this uh, uh, convergence. I was doing a beach cleanup uh, 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 in Santa Monica last week. Uh, where uh, they organized it, and it was great. We showed up to collect butts, cigarette butts, and trash on the beach, and then there it was. They served sandwiches filled with meat. And so I just had that horrible feeling of, my gosh, here it is, the complete disconnect. My method was to talk to people individually and just share the heartbreak and irony that we may be cleaning up cigarette butts on the beach and feeling good about this, but by eating that flesh of those animals, you've actually participated in the demise of the planet because that's what factory farming, that comes from that, and do you know? So it was heartbreaking, but here's my positive um, contribution. The benefit is leaning in, and the conversation I had with one of the gentlemen is this. When I'm talking to people one-on-one, I like to take the assumptive approach. And that was, oh, my gosh, I just got to tell you how I'm feeling right now. And I talk as if they understand what I'm saying. And I said, I just, it blows my mind. People took time out today in the middle of their workday to come down and do this. And yet in their hands right now, they don't realize what they're doing. And I said, you know, I didn't know either. It's one of my favorite lines. I didn't know. And then when I found out, I felt fill in the blank. I felt sick. I felt I didn't know. Oh my gosh, that's how those animals live and die? And do you know, I go, look at me. I love food. I love all kinds of food. And then I go down that road and I say, so how about you? You came out and why are you still eating animals? And he was like, Renee, I, I am. I, I, feel like, you know, I feel like an idiot, but I, I got to tell you, that's my truth. I says, well, what would it take for you to stop? What would it take for you to stop? What's the fear? So the benefit is if we are shoulder to shoulder at a protest, they already are feeling some sort of compassion, finding out what made you come out today? Why did you come out in the middle of the day to do this protest, this march? It seems like you've connected to caring about something. It seems I got like- you, Renee. And, I, and first of all, I want to applaud you for your positive attitude. Let's give Renee a round of applause. Renee. Uh, and uh, I love your approach. It's very love-based. Here's my problem. There's 7.6 billion human beings. We are running out of time. One of the reasons I started Jane Unchained is that we, there's too many people on the planet to talk to do individual therapy with each one of them, trying to wake them up to um, really, here, we're destroying ourselves. Here's the problem. It's a very simple solution. Donnie Moss uh, I saw some of your interviews for TheirTurn.net, and I saw that um, some of the one young girl was saying, it's so hard. It's so hard. Uh, uh, no, it's not. But, but tell me about that conversation. 
Well, a bunch of kids said that um, that they they're trying, they're trying to do better, but that they and they sort of shifted the blame to their families. I'd like to do this, but I'm just a kid, and my parents, are, you know, don't support this and won't join me. And so they were sort of, you know, they were using that as an excuse. Um, but you know, on the optimistic side, I will say that every kid who I spoke to just sort of jumped at the chance to talk about it. I spoke to one girl at LaGuardia High School for the Performing Arts. She's 17 years old. And uh, she said she skipped school, didn't have the effect because she really wanted to be there and she really cares. And I said, well, you know, do you consume animals? And she said, I, I still do. I'm, I'm cutting back, uh, but I'm learning in my class, my environmental class, that uh, about fact the impact of factory farming on the environment. And so I'm really going to try as a result of that class and, and as a result of being here. Uh, so, you know, I think that the kids, at least the ones a week that came out to this march, get it. The question is, how do we move them from uh, reducing, reducing to eliminating? Well, let me, let me ask this question, because uh, Adita, you're the president of an animal rights organization, New York class that just had a huge victory with the carriage horses, which are now, who are now in Central Park, as opposed to navigating, you know, Broadway traffic. Ellen Dent, you're the president of an animal organization, Animal Alliance Network. Uh, we are uh, a nonprofit, Jane Unchained News Network, that um, covers animal rights and veganism and climate change. Donnie Moss is uh, the head of TheirTurn.net, which is an incredible um, animal rights news organization. We all have organizations. We're all talking about it. Uh, why are these other major organizations, and I'm not talking about animal rights organizations, I'm talking about environmental organizations, they're not talking about it. Where is Greenpeace? I will give a shout out to Sea Shepherd. Sea Shepherd's Paul Watson was there. Um, maybe you could tell us, Adita, what, what Paul Watson of Sea Shepherd said. Um, yes, we weren't even aware, actually, that Sea Shepherd and Paul Watson were attending. As Donnie was holding the camera for me when I was going live for Jane Unchained, he said, Paul Watson is walking behind you. So we whirled around and we said, Paul Watson, come talk to Jane Unchained. And um, that was very exciting to see him there because what he, did he, say? Um, he said that, yes, he thinks that this is a, there's a huge disconnect and the big environmental groups aren't taking, taking it on. He was a founder of Greenpeace. Um, I think it comes down to it being um, problematic for these groups to challenge people on diet. And I also think a, a big part of the issue is that there's a really incestuous relationship between animal agriculture and our own government. Um, the billions of dollars in subsidies, the promotion of meat and dairy that our own government pays for. So that's part of the reason why I think so many people believe that they have to have meat and dairy and that it's hard to give it up is that because we've all been brainwashed, we all followed the food pyramid that said you had to eat meat and dairy. This is because of this really um, problematic relationship between our own government promoting and subsidizing meat and dairy. And I think that's reflected in environmental groups who don't want to take that issue on because it's seen as very, very difficult to challenge that and to challenge people on changing their well, own. We won't have a planet if we don't challenge it. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, it's, there's a point where... You know, if you're in a burning building, you got to get out of the burning building or you're going to die. Let's go to another caller, Lindsay from California. Lindsay, your question or thought? Yes, I just wanted to get back to the uh, the idea about educating the children. And uh, the idea that I have is 
I'm a teacher. I teach at a college, but I'm talking about the elementary school and secondary level. I know there's a lack of, there's a need for the arts, and they need volunteers to go into the schools. And I was thinking if activists who are also artists, musicians, it doesn't even have to be an artist, just teach a skill, but incorporate within that skill principles about veganism and the environment and reach children at a grassroots level. I, I thought that might be a way to do that if we can organize something where people donate their time. I think that's wonderful. I mean, we, all, we all have creative ideas about what we, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. I want to do a roundtable now and start, I'll start with Ellen. What, what do we do to wake these students up? Because to me, this is a huge opportunity. If we can connect the animal agriculture issue to the climate change issue, climate change is an issue that's only going to get bigger we know the kids really care about it, okay? They really care about it. They are actually scared that they may not have a planet to live in. This is an opportunity. What can we do, given that the environmental groups are, are taking a cowardly approach and, you know, it's described as the really mm-hmm. inconvenient truth. I've, I've managed to reach heads of environmental organizations on the phone where they say, we're not going there. That's a direct quote. We're not going there. Why? And then they just get angry and they, they, get, they hang up. They don't want to go there because of money. Because when you want money from somebody, whether it's a donor or whatever, you're not going to tell them, hey, you're the problem. You're the problem. You've got to stop eating animals and animal byproducts. And by the way, we like money. So what they do is they're almost codependent on their donors. They're codependent. I mean, they don't want to insult their donors. Their donors are the ones who are giving them money. It's a vicious cycle. And and everybody wants, it reminds me of when I got sober. You know, there's a phrase in sobriety. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. We stood at the turning point and we had to let go with complete abandon. Because either you're sober or you ain't. There's no middle ground. And either you're an environmentalist or you ain't. And that's the problem. These organizations are trying to find an easier, softer way, but they are now becoming part of the problem. So, Ellen, let's start with you. What do you think should be done to connect the climate change movement with the, um, the issue of animal agriculture? Uh, we have to speak up. We have to make sure that people know uh, uh, us ourselves. I can't speak for all of us. Uh, we were also in the dark at one point and we didn't know and we were eating meat and animal products and we didn't realize we were destroying the environment. And I think that uh, these organizations that are taking money from businesses or other other organizations that are part of the problem, I think they're forgetting the big picture here, the long-term picture that, you know, there's not going to be anything to gain in the future, like I said earlier. So that money is going to run out. And so if they don't stick to these principles and and really drive that message home, then how are we supposed to survive? We're not going to be able to survive on this planet the way that we're going right now. Yeah. 
I agree with Lindsay, what Lindsay said, um, with the children, with the youth, we definitely need to hit the youth. We need to hit them hard. We need to be in their classrooms. Um, one thing that I used to do in college is we did something called peer education. I did that for several years and, uh, it was very effective. So I think that if we, if we train students, um, to teach other students, about the environment, they'll, they'll listen to each other. If we can really get some really good, outspoken students out there to come into classrooms and do workshops and talk about this, and we need to have their teachers talk about it as well. They're there to educate them, so tell them the truth. Tell them the truth about what is happening to our environment, and, and maybe we will stand a chance. Maybe these next generations will do what prior generations could not. Adita, your turn. I think we really need to be a part of the environmental movement. We cannot think of ourselves as separate. That was what was so important about um, groups like um, Sea Shepherd being there, my group Nye class. Um, there was also the, the Climate Save Movement, which I think is an offshoot of the Save Movement. They were the ones that had the giant Go Vegan letters at the banner at the, at the Climate March. We need to sort of infiltrate the environmental movement. And like you said, Jane, be at every one of these marches making the connection. If the big environmental groups aren't doing the right thing, we have to be there and do coalition building and sort of community organizing. Help these activists who already are part of the environmental movement make the connection. And these are clearly people who have some compassion. Yes, that's that was the banner. This was the New York Climate Save Movement, and I know that um, there are other climate save movements in other cities. I think every vegan and every animal activist needs to be a part of it. Um, I think that we need to make, make a priority of sort of being a part of these um, marches, these environmental events, until we merge together. We, we need, they are our natural allies, people who care about the environment. It's just that because we live in such a deeply speciesist world where our own government is colluding with animal agriculture, that we need to put more effort in to um, for, forming relationships and coalitions with the environmental groups and being at every one of these marches, having a presence, talking to people, having messaging. We need to be there. Donnie Moss. So Jane, both you and I created our own social media organizations, Their Turn and Jane Unchained, precisely because we weren't hearing these messages from the mainstream media. And so what I've learned over the past several years doing that is if we can create compelling content, we can reach the consumers directly and circumvent this blackout that we're all experiencing. And so I work very hard to create really compelling short videos and then I boost them and target them on social media to the people who need to see them the most. I was at the Climate Strike March on Friday. I interviewed these students. I interviewed uh, animal rights activists who are focused on the climate as well. And I put together a five-minute video. And, that, and I just put that out there. And I'm going to work to make sure that Facebook gets that into the news feeds of the people who really need to see it. And you had a point. If I just wanted to make one more quick point about the importance of, in New York City, we just passed, um, there was a, a resolution to all of New York City public schools, 1,800 public schools are going to go meatless on Mondays. That means yeah! that was a big deal. Um, we also have a bill pending to ban processed meats in New York City schools. I think wherever you live, you need to get involved on the local level in providing more plant-based options. We also have it in hospitals in New York City. This is critically important. This is a way to really, on a local level, make a huge impact educating parents 
and children about the need to have more plant-based food and educating about the dangers, both environmentally and for our human health, for animal products. And there's a bill right now in the California legislature uh, sponsored by Social Compassion and Legislation to require plant-based meals be offered in all public schools, K through 12, which would allow 6 million California public school students to have plant-based meals. Because right now you need a doctor's note in order to have non-dairy milk, even though uh, studies suggest the overwhelming majority of the students have inherent allergies to cow's milk because they're not cow. Uh, you were saying something. I just wanted to show, I don't know if you can see this sign. It's, it's hard to see. But anyway, this little uh, five-year-old wrote, in the past five years of my life, they have been the hottest ever recorded. Wouldn't you panic? In her scratchy little letters. On the other side, it says, mom has been teaching me about the ABCs. The A, activism. B, biodiversity. And C, conservation. The point for me is the kids are open. The kids are aware, and it takes adults, it takes parents, it takes moms like me to be, I'm not patting myself on the back, I need to do more work. I realize I need to reach out to the, my environmentalist friends, because I was an environmentalist first. I also, so getting Ellen up there, making noise, I was sitting back going, complaining yesterday, I'm just saying, or you know, the day before, and meanwhile, I think we all need to get off the complaint about it and get into the action of it and find ways to connect is what Adita is saying. All right. Find ways. I agree. I agree that it's the kids who are waking up and the adults who run the environmental organizations who are trying to run for public office on an environmental platform, but they're really just talking the talk. They're not walking the walk. What I think is we need to have a summit of every single animal welfare and animal rights organization in the nation and the world and have a commitment from every single one of them that we have a planning committee the next time one of these strikes happen, instead of it just being willy-nilly where uh, I'm on the phone going, hey, Adita, can you make it on Friday? Uh, and, and thank God for Anita Crines of the SAVE movement. The founder of the SAVE movement was the one who called me several days prior and said, hey, I want to make you aware that this big thing is happening. Greta Thunberg, who is being just was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize as a 16-year-old vegan out of Sweden who started this global climate change strike, and they're going to have a global climate change strike Friday, March 15th, and you really need to be there. And I was like, thank you. And I just immediately got on the phone with Adida, and I got on the phone with Donnie, and Ellen jumped in, and Paige jumped in, and uh, Elizabeth Alfano jumped in, and Gwena Hunter jumped in, and uh, Andre and Patricia Barreto jumped in. I mean, I could go on and on with the number of wonderful uh, vegan activists, Corey Mack, um, and we showed up, but that's still a ragtag team. Imagine if we had PETA, Mercy for Animals, Indefense of Animals, Animal Equality, Humane Society of the United States, and every other animal organization, and I'll give a shout out to PETA, they were there, okay? okay. Imagine yes. if we had had them all together with giant banners and signs in there marching, then the news media would have been unable to ignore us because what happened was the news media showed up early so they could do their 12 o'clock live shots and we were just trying to get organized and boom the march started and our our signs did not get the prominence that they could have gotten 
we did better than, you know, not showing up. We showed up and then afterwards in the speeches, we had the signs behind the speakers, but the media was long gone by then. So you have to think the way the media thinks. They go live at noon. That's why we were supposed to meet at 11.30 so that we could organize. It's all about organization, okay? It's not enough to complain, as Paige says. We have to get organized. You know what they say? Don't, what is that famous saying? Don't grieve, organize. Um, so anyway, uh, are we going to, let's take another quick break. We're going to stay live on Facebook and then we're going to come back for some final thoughts as we try to connect the horrors of animal agriculture and its contribution to climate change to the just burgeoning, exploding student climate change movement. Stay right there. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Financial freedom and money are subjects that many people are uncomfortable discussing. These don't have to be. Listen for Money, Mindset, and Love with Thomas DeShooter. We're all about sharing ideas with tips, amazing guests, and input from you, the listeners. It's time to dream big and help each other reach our goals. Not only will you get closer to financial freedom, but you'll learn more about spirituality, work-life balance, and empowerment. Listen live Thursdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Influencers. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time at 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guaranteed, it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, we're here um, with the amazing Donnie Moss of TheirReturn.net, Paige Parsons-Roach, Booker with Jane Unchained, Ellen Dent is the president of Animal Alliance Network and uh, also writes articles for Jane Unchained, Adida Bernkrantz, who is the head of New York Class and also a contributor to Jane Unchained, and um, Little Rico, our mascot, who's a rescue from Puerto Rico. Now, we're talking about Friday, March 15th, 2018's Global Student Climate Change Strike. It occurred globally, inspired by Greta Thunberg, who is 
a vegan out of Sweden who has just been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize at the tender age of, I think, of 16. Um, talk about making you feel <laughs> like an underachiever. <laughs> but, um, you know, she inspired this march, but all the kids marching were not vegan. There is a growing awareness, but it's very incremental. We need to move faster, uh, making the connection. So uh, you were you were saying it, I, it's not going to be shown up there, but basically there was an article that Paige found showing that it says if the Green New Deal passes, we're all going to have to eat like Cory Booker, and it was making fun of this idea. Fox News recently did a whole tirade against the Green New Deal, taking away their hamburgers, and uh, actually, um, you know, there's a lot of connection being made between the new Green New Deal and animal agriculture, um, which is positive. But you know, what what can we do to solidify? You know, hey, I've got a bamboo straw here. Everybody knows plastic straws is bad. We have to make it simple that people understand that eating animals is just as bad as driving an SUV worse, much worse, as wasting water, much worse, as, as doing all sorts of things that are now, you know, people will look at you if you're wasting water. My neighbors will look at me, and I want to look back at them and say, well, you're eating hamburgers. My God, if a vegan diet saves 600 gallons of water a day per individual. We've got a caller, Shannon, out of Florida. Your question or thought, Shannon? Shannon. Hi, here I am. It's me and vegan Evan. (laughs) And Evan actually had something he'd really like to say. Okay, go ahead, Evan. Uh. So I heard uh, you were talking about the climate strike and all these kids that are marching, they aren't vegan, and they're eating meat. And so me and Animal Hero Kids are organizing a real uh, climate strike and a real climate march uh, that targets animal agriculture. Woo! How old are you, vegan Evan? I'm eight. Wow. Wow. So there's vegan Evan, an eight-year-old vegan, and he's obviously not hurting in the intellectual department, and I've met him. (laughs) He's also a very energetic, healthy boy. Boy, you are an inspiration. Thank you. Let me ask. uh, Yes, we love you, vegan Evan, and your mom, Shannon. Um, I think, as I'm thinking about this, almost like a brainstorming session, You know, we have the Animal Rights Conference coming up in Washington, D.C. in July. And uh, I think I would like to pitch a summit where we get all the animal rights organizations together to discuss how we are going to present a unified front at all of these climate change demonstrations and split the cost of banners and marches and really participate in a meaningful way that is going to get media attention. That's my uh, idea. Uh, What do you guys think about it? Let's start with uh, Ellen. Um, Again, about the media media involved? No, this is really about, we have an animal rights conference coming up in July in Washington, D.C. And Jane Unchained just applied to be a bronze sponsor. We're going to have a table. I think it would be a great idea to have 
uh, a summit of the animal organizations, you know, and some of them don't always get mm-hmm. along. We, we have to acknowledge that, unfortunately. But tell them, put aside your differences. The one thing we're all going to do is get together and we are going to present a unified front at all these climate change marches and participate in a meaningful, organized way so that the vegan issue gets uh, coverage. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, we have to work together. And, uh, you know, I know that we have like these little battles in between the organizations and differences, but then that's fine. Uh, But we need to push past that and work together as a unified force, as you were saying, if we're really going to make change on a wide scale, like we have to work on a wide scale. So that means we all have to work together. And we do, as Adita said earlier, we need to form those coalitions with other groups because our cause is their cause. It is one and the same. Adita? I think that that's an amazing idea to sort of have a summit and have this be um, an important topic at the upcoming animal rights conference. That's the biggest Mm -hmm. conference in the animal rights movement as the environmental causes are becoming a forefront sort of of a progressive issue in politics. We need to join forces and um, integrate animal agriculture and those issues as part of this. We can no longer deny these issues. There's something 70 a billion animals ki- raised and killed every year on planet Earth. Uh, there's a statistic that says that nearly half of the land on planet Earth is used for animal agriculture. If you take a step back and think about that, look at the planet and imagine that nearly half is being used for raising and feeding and watering 70 billion animals every year, we cannot afford to sit back and just complain anymore. We have to take action. The time is now to run with this, as if our lives depend on it, because they do. Well, is everybody here willing to commit to approach the Animal Rights Conference and see if we can get a summit like this? Donnie? Yeah, we, we can't rely on the um, on the environmental groups to get this message out. It seems like the time has come where we have to take matters into our own hands. And the good thing is that the animal rights movement has been conveying these messages already. We're well versed about this at the at the at the people's climate uh, the student climate strike. Paul Watson delivered in about one minute the most brilliant articulation of how animal agriculture is destroying the land and the oceans. And if we put our best foot forward, if we get people like him, our our leaders in front of the media, and he's already a public figure, we can really make a difference. But we do need to get together as a community and make this a priority. And let me tell you something, we're gonna have to be pushy. Thanks to Paige, Ellen got on there because Paige is wonderful. Great person. She can be pushy. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> Anyone she's knows a me, that's, that's another she's statement. A she booked Ellen on the stage. <laughs> that's okay. Right. So here's the thing. They weren't to to my to my experience. I can't speak for them. I'm not in their mind. But in general, it didn't seem like they were too gung ho about bringing the vegan issue on stage. Okay. I got the feeling that maybe there was even a reluctance. Why? Because maybe some of the organizers themselves are eating animals. And so it's like saying, hey, come on on stage and criticize me. So we're going to have to be strategic about how we get into uh, these climate change marches. Because, yeah, anybody can march on the street and we can go with the manners and march on the street. But it's almost like we were blocked almost from, from really bringing that message. And, you know, shame on the main scientists out there who are not, you know, 
who the the scientists who wrote the United Nations climate change report that said animal agriculture contributes more to climate change than all transportation combined. You know, they need to step up. Everybody who has this information needs to step up. We're 30 seconds from the end. You wanted to say something, Paige. I just wanted to say that I think that a shout out to the, and a reach out to the uh, animal uh, rights groups is I think that when you find that there is a connection, even on this end as well, because I think that sometimes the animal rights are, are we're very busy being animal rights activists that we forget that we there is the partnership, like Donnie mentioned, like Adina mentioned, like Ella mentioned, with the environment. So it's a connection between the two groups, and we can make that. They're not seeing it. We need to be loud and put out the information without being abrasive, being partners, being collaborators, coming up with like, like the caller Renee was saying, finding ways in which we can point to the obvious information, but it's not obvious because it's under that sub-level that's unconscious. Okay, okay. Yeah. What I've gotten out of this, this incredible conversation, one, we need to simplify the message, okay? Like you said, almost half of all land on this planet is used for animal agriculture. Right there, that's a simple message. It's very hard to connect all the dots in the sense that Yeah, it's a lot more than cow farts. It's the fact that we are basically giving planet Earth a buzz cut to grow crops to feed farm animals, and we're only 7.6 billion humans. We're killing 60 to 70 billion farm animals that eat almost 40% more than they produce as meat or dairy. So, all right, we're going to wrap it up. I want to thank everybody. You are all my heroes. Donnie Moss, Adina Berncrad, Ellen Dent, Paige Parsons-Roach, Little Rico, our mascot, I'm Jane Velez Mitchell with Jane Unchained Live Talk. Please share this video. Let's connect animal agriculture to climate change. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.